We're back. I did it. I actually, first of all, remember what day of the week it is. Uh, and second of all, I uh, actually got myself to uh, sit down, turn the shit on with a microphone and uh, get going as my chair just like collapsed on me a little bit. Um, but we're back. I am back to do an episode. Finally, what do you know? Another two week hiatus from your boy. Uh, last week, full transparency. Once again, I f- did forget what day of the week it was. Uh, I realized that at about three in the morning that it was, I mean, technically Friday, but it was Thursday. Uh, and then I pretty much just died. Um, sleep's not going great. Work is insane. So I'm tired all the time and like too tired to sleep. So that's what's been going on. Um, and yeah, but we're back. Another edition, Judd's Buds. I actually sat down and hit record, so we're just going to do it. Um, we're probably just going to do a mainly mailbag from last week that I didn't get to, obviously, uh, just because most of those questions pretty much just tackle just about anything I would have been talking about. Um, you know, I'll briefly just, you know, the Minnesota Wild, we'll talk about that real quick. Um, World Junior stuff. And then we'll just do questions. Um, but again, most of it is uh, most of the questions pretty much have things to do with what I would have been talking about anyway. So we're just going to do that. Um, so without further ado, let's just let's just dive into it. First of all, obviously, the men's club. I don't know why I just said it like that, but the uh, <laughs> NHL Minnesota Wild playing well, winning games, six game win streak, eight and two in the last ten. Um you know, Kirill Kaprizov is just I mean, him and Zuccarello right now just doing crazy shit seemingly every night, getting contributions, honestly, from all over the lineup as well. Um, you know, even guys that aren't scoring, you look at like Connor Dewar, he's so what is he second, third in the league in shorthanded goals. Mason Shaw's absolutely an NHL player, played on that fourth line. He and Dewar playing really well together. Even Ryan Reeves is coming in and playing a role. He literally committed a murder the other night against Detroit. Um, but he's been effective and they're just winning games since he's been, since he's been there. And, you know, probably his biggest pig's asset is vibes for 60 in the room. Um, I know people were all, you know, full diaper mode cause he's a big guy that pretty much is known just for fighting and not really a whole lot of on ice contributions. But I mean, to be honest with you, I think defensively he's been solid. He's done his job. He's played a role and you kind of really can't take him out of the lineup right now. So, I mean, you can't complain about giving up, what was it, 2025 fifth round pick, 24 fifth round pick? Like, who gives a shit? Um, so, I mean, how can you not love Reeves? Like, it's been it's been fun. So, um, but yeah, everyone's kicking. Goaltending's playing well. Gustafson's been solid. So, everything's going fairly well here. Um, and we can't really complain. Even when they're not playing their best hockey, I think they're doing a good job of, of at least getting points. Um they're starting to get healthy again. Obviously, Hartman comes back. I think he's what he scored last night. Um, you know, Duhame's going to be a little bit here probably, but fortunately, with the way they're playing, with the bottom six is kind of rolling here, uh, you don't really have to rush him back. So, you know, that's a big win there as well. Um, and, you know, Matt Boldy, the young guys, Boldy, Addison, they're just doing their thing, like I mentioned, Dewar, Shaw. So it's really is kind of just everything's clicking right now. Um and again, the the big thing with the the healthy piece of this, like, what's that line? Erickson, Eck, Felino, and Greenway doing? They're doing the grief line stuff, and I think that was such an important part of that team, obviously last year. But you know, even when just one of them is missing, it takes so much away from 
from the other two guys. So there's not really like a good replacement to stick in there on that line. And, um, you know, even before Greenway came back, I thought Reeves did a, a pretty good job there doing his job. Like, you know, defensively, they were doing what they usually do and just pretty much not allowing any expected goals against. Um, but when they're clicking, like they're producing on, on offense, they're obviously shutting everyone down defensively, but more than anything, they just set the tone every fucking game, like every shift. Cause they're just such pricks to play against. You've got three absolute beasts, guys that are just absolute pests in that four check, you know, four check and top deep bears into oblivion. So the fact that those three are healthy right now is so important. I think for this team and when they were really struggling, you know, whether it was Felino out or Erickson, I don't even know if he's been out, but Greenway, um, you know, it just takes so much away. So the fact that they have that line that they can kind of lean on anytime, obviously has been, been great. Um, and a big, big reason for the recent, the recent run of good play here. And you know what, like, how about Sam Steele? I think he's just been great playing with Boldy and Goudreau, um, or sorry, Kaprizov and, uh, Zuccarello, like, you know, getting his, getting some points here and there. Um, but I mean, fitting right in and there, those are two guys that aren't super easy to play with. Right. Like I know everyone wants to talk about how that's the reason Hartman had 30, whatever goals, but last season, but um, you know, just keeping up with Kaprizov and, and Zuccarello, how they like to play catch 90% of the time they're on the ice together. Like it's not an easy, it's not a, as simple as uh, just go out there. They'll find you. First of all, they're probably just going to look for each other. But second of all, you have to be able to keep up and, and, and play with them. So Sam Steele's, that's been a good story lately as well. So again, everything just kind of seems to be clicking. They got a lot of guys stepping up, playing really well. Spurgeon's been fucking incredible. Brodeen's playing really well. Um, so everything is kind of just clicking right now for Minnesota. And, and it's obviously, you know, six game win streak, eight and two in the last 10 all good stuff. So that's really all I wanted to say about the NHL team. Um, and really, I kind of just want to just go into questions. Cause again, most of anything I was going to be talking about kind of gets addressed in those questions. So let's just get right into it. First question. From my friend, Matthew is Liam. Ugrin primed to have a great world juniors with how he's been playing recently. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, he is. First of all, obviously the start of the season was a bit slow, uh, for him. Um, you know, a big reason too, is right after the world juniors, right at the end there, he got hurt. It was obviously hampering him quite a bit. He didn't play in any of those preseason games in the all fence game with your garden. And when he comes back in, he's always playing on that fourth line. Um, you know, it's not an easy league for young players to score in just in general, but you know, he's getting seven, eight, nine minutes a night, a lot of defensive uh, shifts. Um, and then he kind of just started taking off. He got healthy again. He started scoring and now he's playing incredibly well. I'll have to look it up again, but I mean, I want to say he's got points in the last six or seven, eight games. Um, had his first hat trick the other day or in, the, in his last game before going to the world juniors uh, scored a couple games before that as well. Like he's just playing really well. So if you look at the stat line in and of itself, it doesn't look all that impressive, but if you look at his last, you know, 10 games again, I'm trying to pull it up here, but of course my fucking computer is going incredibly slow. Um, he's been elevated into the top six role there. They've got him away from Oslin and they, away from Lekaramaki. Oslin realistically of the trio 
um, from this past draft has been, you know, from start to finish, the better of all three of them. But Ogren's starting to climb up there. Oslin got hurt, Lekromaki got hurt, and Ogren kind of just stayed healthy and has been doing his thing. So, um, but yeah, so here it is. So he does have a six game voice streak in the house, Fenskin. Like I said, he had his first hat trick the other night. Uh, with four shots on net, and that was by far the most he's played. He was out there for 23 and a half minutes in their 4 1 win. Um, so now, you know, through 26 games, he's up to 14 points, which again, it's not an easy league to score in. Uh, he's got nine goals, five assists. So, but yeah, he's just trending in the right direction right now. You know, there's still be- bits and pieces of his game you want to see improve. I think if he improves the skating a little bit, that'll go a long way in just making him a little bit more of a playmaker instead of just kind of a goal scorer. Um, although I would say that. You know, I think he's taken a leap there too, but um, in terms of playmaking and, and kind of, you know, not just being a, a scorer, but um, yeah, they've, they've right now, they've got those three together again, Ogren, Ostland, Lekodamaki. Um, so I do think, I mean, you know, I thought he played really well in the limited role that he had in the summer world juniors, um, you know, but now he's really primed to, to take a, have a bigger role in this one and be leaned on for scoring, you know, get first or second power play, looks um and they're gonna need him to produce because you know their back end there's a couple guys that i like but it's pretty bare back there and in net we'll see how that goes and the guys that they have are kind of you know you never really know what you're gonna get with either guy um so they're gonna need those those threes and specifically a guy like ogren to to really have big tournaments and again they're gonna have bigger roles than they did in the summer uh world juniors um you know they played was it the usa the other day uh, in a warm-up game, and you know they lost what five six one, but you know Ogrid has the primary assist on Lee Sal's power play goal. So um, yeah, I do think he's primed to have you know maybe not a monster tournament because I think Sweden is up against it. Even though I like a lot of their players on an individual level, um, you know the the roster probably doesn't stack up in terms of like raw star power um, with other teams um, in this tournament, but. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of guys that you like. And again, Ogren's just going to be going to be leaned on more and, and, you know, be given better looks and um, a bigger role. So I do think he's uh, definitely primed just with, you know, the momentum. Like, I mean, come on, he comes in <laughs> his last game, the and he puts up his first hat trick and now he's going to go, you know, into world juniors on that with a six game point streak. So yes, I think with how he's been playing, how he's been trending. Um, and again, the big thing with him is he's healthy again. So um, I would say that he's primed for, you know, at least a, a bigger role and and I would expect him to, to play well for Sweden and, and um, obviously produce offensively. If they have really any chance of kind of doing anything, they're going to need him to. Next question. I was really excited about that. Apparently. Um, Let's go Hideki here. Most improved prospect since last season. Wait, most improved prospect since last season. Most improved prospects since the start of the season. Um, well, I mean, I, I I have a hard time thinking of anyone outside of. Um, well, I mean, that's not true. Okay, I have a hard time not first mentioning. I mean, Caden Bank here makes the World Juniors team against pretty heavy odds here. I mean, he's second in WHL scoring. Um, you know, he's got 20 goals in however many games. And it really started right in the middle of last year. He just started playing really, really well and producing. And he's it's just such a, like, it makes so much sense for them to take a kid like Bank here to this tournament because it's kind of hard to build a lineup, right? Where, like, especially if you're Team Canada, where you probably have, like, 80 guys who are just stars 
all across, you know, North America with what they're playing in junior right now that you could bring that, you know, the top six is a joke. Those are all like six guys who are like projected to be top line players, like some of the best players in the league and Bedard, right. Genther, uh, you know, off like, it's a star set of lineup. And at some point you have to think, you gotta remember like you're building a team here, not just like an all-star squad. So, you know, you do need guys who can be a bit of a Swiss army knife. And that's kind of just like what bank here is, um, you know, last year at the beginning of the year, I think he was trying to figure out what he was really. Um, and, you know, the skating's come a long way since he's, again, this is a kid that grew however many inches when he was like 16, which isn't easy to adjust. And when you play a certain way for so long, um, but the defensive game is solid. He's on that first PK unit right now for Canada. Um, and, you know, he's capable of chipping in offensively. So it does make such, such, it makes so much sense for them to want to have a guy like that in that bottom six. He can play with really good players, obviously. He plays with Logan Stankov and in Kamloops a lot. Sometimes he's on his own line. Um, but you'll just look at me. He's just lighting it up and he's just playing so well and, like, not just like net front goals, but he's scoring from distance. The shot's taken another, like, the shot's just. I did not see this before ever. He is like sniping on the power play in Kamloops. Um, but uh, he's got what two or three spinorama goals this year. He does score some goals right in front of the net. He's not afraid to get to the dirty areas. He's good along the walls. Like he just gives you such complete um, package. So that's the guy that I'm looking at first in terms of guys that have improved the most. Again, it's probably more so since, you know, halfway through last year, but, um, I would definitely put bank here in that category and then just stick it in Kamloops. I mean, look at Kyle masters. He, you know, matches last season's point totals in 50 fewer games. Um, and you know, we, we talked about it before you get him out of, out of that red deer system where he's just kind of used as a defensive guy who can get the puck up the ice and they take him off. Doesn't get any power play looks really doesn't really have a whole lot of offensive, um, you know, zone time, he's just kind of changing there. And then he goes to Kamloops to play that high octane, really high end transition play. Um, and it's just his bread and butter. And, you know, he's playing with this crazy amount of confidence right now. You know, they're leaning on him to produce from the back end. He's still right around a point per game now. He's on that power play. He's, you know, used offensively, not just for lugging the mail and, and transporting the puck. But, you know, now he's actually showing a little bit of ability to kind of be a possession player in the offensive zone, not just, um, you know, get on it, get off it. But, you know, he's like manipulating defenses. He's, he's, he's using a little bit more lateral mobility. He's being incredibly deceptive at like somewhat of a standstill, which again, most of his game is just when he's at full speed. And that's something that we talked about last year too, where like he was really good until the play slowed down. Um, then it was kind of like he was lost a little bit and didn't really know what to do. And he wasn't really capable of playing at more than one speed or, or he wasn't really capable of not only playing at like top speed. So, you know, he's taken a huge step and it's a lot of that is just, he has the trust of the coaches. He's in an off in like an offensive, you know, up tempo environment in Kamloops and it's paying off obviously. So he's taken a huge step. Um, definitely put him in that category. And then in terms of guys that have, you know, really most improved since the start of the season. How about Hunter hate? He gets traded to Saginaw and he has points in every game. He matches his point total in Saginaw. Like how do I, how do you even say this? He had what 
12 points in 20 something games or nine points in 20 something games in uh, when he was with Barry, he goes to Saginaw matches that. And I think three and a half games and he's a completely different player. Incredibly competent. What did I say about him? Pretty much every time we talk about him this year, there's just no real assertiveness. Like he's such a skilled player. He's one of the most skilled players in that league. Um, playmaker, you know, skating's pretty good. Um, multi-dimensional offense like type guy and like it just never was showing in Barry. It was kind of just on the puck, off the puck, not really trying any moves, like not really trying anything and not showing his creativity and and no confidence whatsoever. And he goes to Saginaw first game, two points, three points, maybe. I don't even know. Um, but now he's on that first power play unit. He's in their first center role and playing with really good players. Him and Michael Misa, 2024 top, you know, three pick probably in that draft or 2025. Maybe I can't even remember how young he is, but um, those two are really fun to watch together. So, you know, you look at guys who have really improved from the start of this season, you have to look at Hunter Hate. So what he's doing in Saginaw, it's really exciting. And now you're seeing, all right, this is what this is what Judd Brackett and his scouting staff saw when they took him in the second round, where a lot of people probably had him lower than that. Um, so it's been really fun to watch and 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 really um, you know, you can't get you you really haven't had one single negative viewing of hate since he's been in Saginaw. You know, he's playing with a good team that helped too. Um, but yeah, he's just been a he's been a stud since he's got there. So um, so I'd say in terms of most improved since the start of the year, I would have to go with uh, Hunter hate honorable mention, by the way, to, uh, Nate Benoit, he got, uh, mid season, which was weird, uh, named the captain in Omaha. And he's been a, a stud, like producing pretty decent points for a team. That's not great. Um, hits everything that moves. He's a prick to play against. Um, but he's been playing really well. So honorable mention, uh, Nate Benoit. kind of buzzing right now throat kind of hurts though um here we go uh all right so we had to get here uh pavlov's dog thoughts on carson lambos what do you think the current d prospect depth chart looks like for the wild um yep so obviously this is a sensitive one here uh Carson Lambos, after making the last two Team Canada World Juniors last year in the winter, that got ended early uh, in the summer, um, he does not make it this year. And how should I kind of explain this? I was surprised, and yet I, I actually really wasn't that he didn't make the team. Really, the only like surprising part was the fact that you know he's eligible to play in this tournament. He did play, he didn't make the last two teams, but you kind of look at the group that they brought. Right. And you know, you're not, again, this is, it's the idea that you're not really bringing an all-star team. You have to build an actual hockey team here. It's not like fantasy league. Right. So what does Carson Lambos really do when he's at his best? He's, you know, there's a lot of offense there. He can quarterback a power play really well. Um, you know, obviously he plays really well defensively and he can be a shutdown type guy, but you know, when he's really playing that good two-way game, he's producing points, power play, all that good stuff. Um, and you look at who they brought, right? Kevin Korchinski. He's been fucking incredible this year. Went seventh overall, obviously. And he's just like all the concerns people had coming in about drafting him too high. He's kind of eliminated this year. He's been a beast, like just a complete stud in the WHL. 
He's over a point per game. Um, really good on the power play, obviously, like offensive defenseman. So there you go. Brant Clark should have made the last two World Juniors teams. Elite power play quarterback. Elite offense. Already playing in the NHL on and off. Um, and he's got the right shot, obviously. 6-2. Like, you're not taking his power play time. Owen Zellweger is fucking unbelievable. He obviously put up however many points he did in the summer. He was their number one D playing 25, 30 minutes a night, lighting it up on the power play. He's going to be their first power play quarterback. Um, you know, and after that, so where does Lambos fit in now? Well, they want to bring size, no nonsense, physical, rugged defenseman. Obviously, Lambos is a physical defenseman and he does play pretty well, shut down defensive role, but they bring the big boys, Nolan Allen, Matty A, like these dudes, six, four, six, five, like, Carson Lambos, I think he's what six one. He would have been the second shortest kid on that back end. So he's kind of just in that weird spot where you don't really know where to put him if you bring him. So I do think he's actually played really well this year for Winnipeg. The one knock on him, I'd say, is you know he's not really taking over games from the back end like you know he can. Part of that is he doesn't really get a whole lot of first power play uh, time. Um, what's the kid's name? They brought back the overager. He's their first power play guy. Uh, but he's their first PK he plays like 25, 30 minutes a night, more defensive role. And, you know, you look at the world juniors and they want to bring the big boys that want to bring down the big shutdown, all defense guys. And that's where you bring in the Maddie A's and the Nolan Allen's and, and those guys, Del Mastro is a little bit of everything. So he's just kind of in that weird tweener space where, you know, good player, good season, but, you know, they just kind of didn't fit with what Team Canada was looking for. So while I do think it sucks, I don't think that's the knock on him as a prospect. I still think he plays, you know, I still think he's a top four defenseman. I, I'd put him on a, you know, solid. He could be a solid number three, really good number four, secondary offense, second power play unit. He kills penalties. You know, he can give you 20, 23, 24 hard minutes at the NHL level. He's still very projectable and, and a very good prospect and one of their best prospects. So I don't think that's a knock on him. Um, it was just unfortunate that kind of just went the way it did. So still love Carson Lambos. I still think he's playing really, really well this this year. Um, it's actually been pretty fun to watch. Just like, you know, he was pretty good defensively last year, but this year he's just being leaned on so heavily. You know, he steps up, he'll fight for teammates. Like, he just gives you a little bit of everything right now. And the offense, obviously, wasn't popping like we were all hoping. But, again, a lot of that has to do with the fact he's not really on that first power play unit. He's not leaned on heavily offensively. So, um, kind of just like the product, the environment. And that's kind of the same idea just with the the World Junior stuff. So, I still, you know, he's definitely a top four defenseman for me in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, if he does hit his full potential, I could see him on a top pair. I don't think he's a true number one. I know a lot of people like to say that. I've always kind of pushed back on that a little bit. I think if he's your number one franchise defenseman, you probably have some problems. Um, even though I do think he's a very good player and he's going to be a very good national hockey league defenseman. Um, I don't really see him as like a number one all around guy, even though I do think he's a really good all around defenseman. So still love Lambos would still put him, you know, right. You know, near the top of that defensive uh, prospect pool. So in terms of what was the second part of that question? How do you think the current D prospect depth chart looks like for the wild? Well, I, I well is do you can still consider Addison a prospect? I mean, he's a full-time NHL player, so I don't really know if you can. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I'd have favor first. 
if you count Addison, we'll throw him in there um, in the mix. Um, you know, I'd say Ogren's or not. Oh my God, I was just reading Ogren's name. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd still put Lambos probably third, second or third there. Um, you know, and I think Peart's been fantastic, by the way, for St. Cloud this year. Um, you know, I'm just going through the top of my head here, trying to remember who I really like. Healy's been really good for Harvard when he's played. Uh, Damon Hunt's been great for Iowa. Ryan O'Rourke's just doing his thing, just shutting down. Um, I mean, it's tough fucking like looking really good on that back end and fucking Iowa, Jesus Christ. The fact that he's not like a minus player is incredible. So I still put him right in the mix there. Uh, Lambo still is, is pretty close to the top. He's definitely top three for me. So I love Lambos. Um, and I definitely wouldn't use this as a knock on him as a prospect whatsoever because it kind of just is the what it is. And, and you know, it, it a lot of it is just they're building a, a full, complete team. And, you know, the best parts of his game, that offense, it, it's not really going to outmatch, you know, the other guys they have there. And after that, they want those big defensive studs. So um, still love Lambos. This should not this should not falter anyone's you know feelings toward him or whatever. Um, but if but if it does, then whatever you do, you do you boo. I just said that in the fucking podcast, eh? All right, next question. Andreas, maybe late to the party. <laughs> Bro, it's a week. Uh, maybe late to the party, but how do you think the Wild will use their cap room? Rental, trade, or even taking on salary for a cap crunch team for draft picks? Well, I don't see them doing that last part. They're definitely not going to take on salary to take on salary. Uh, they've got all their picks, uh, so they don't really need that. Their prospect pool is loaded. Don't really, I mean, you can always use more prospects, right? But um, so I don't really see them doing the last part. If they're going to do anything, I it, it just has to be a rental. You know, they've got a lot of cap space. They got like, I think they're projected to have right around 15, 15 and a half million. So whatever they do, it's going to be a rental. You know, you've got so many contracts that you're going to have to sign here just with the guys that you already have. Um, you know, you look at Boldies. Eventually, Rossi's going to be coming up here. Zuccarello. Um, you know, Felino's coming up in a couple of years. Uh, you know, it goes on and on. You know, the young guys, Duhame, Addison. Like, so you can't really commit long term to really anybody. So whatever they do, I do think it's going to be a rental. And I think obviously they're winning games now. They're getting healthy again. So I don't think Bill Guerin's really going to feel the need to make a make a big move you know, too early. I think he's got the luxury right now of the fact that playing really well, he's got time to make a decision. They're going to have the cap room at the deadline, but you know, in terms of, um, you know, what type of move I do think it's just going to have to be a rental. And I think that's fine. You got to get through this cap hell thing. Um, even though I still think that's an overrated part of this, but, um, you know, the real, for me, the, the hell, the cap hell part is really just the the fact that you have so many contracts you're gonna have to sign here. So whatever they do, I would say it's probably gonna be a rental. You know, if you ask me who off the top of my head, wouldn't I'd have to sit down and really think about it. But you know, I think there's also still trying to figure out what it is that they really need. So I will so all of that to say I think uh I think rental um is probably the lead candidate. Um, all right, who is next? I think we got another one. Let's see if my fucking computer would go faster. Um, oh, Nick Foligno just scored.
full transparency, I did just have to tweet. I took a break to tweet a video of, of Nick Foligno scoring the go-ahead goal versus Winnipeg. Sorry. Hey, hey, we could all root for uh, the Bruins tonight playing Winnipeg. They just came back from 2 nothing down, and now it's 3-2 Bruins in the third period. <laughs> Unbelievable. Holy fuck. Um, all right, let's see. Next question. Next question. Tyler. Any fun sort of under-the-radar guys to watch for at the World Juniors? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. There always is. Um, just going to write. I forgot to write down Tams. Tams, fucking A. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It depends, I guess, what you're, what specifically you're looking for. Like for me, I'm always going to be looking at the draft eligibles who make it. Um, you know, so you look at, you know, Leo Carlson, he's probably going to go third overall, fourth overall, depending on how teams feel about Mitch Cobb and everything and the Russia thing. Um, I love, he's my, probably my favorite player in the draft. So I think he's going to be playing a big role for Team Sweden. He was, you know, he's 6'3. Um, I think he can play center at the NHL level. He's like having a historic season as a draft draft eligible in the SHL this year for a Rebro. He's so good. Like just plays a really complete game. Like the creativity, the hands with this, like with how big he is, like he's so fun to watch. So I think, you know, again, Sweden, they're looking for, they're going to need guys to really step up and, you know, they're probably, you know, there's a lot of really good players there, not a, a lot of stars. Um, he's going to have to be big for them. Um, and same thing with Sweden. You know, you look at more draft eligibles. My probably my favorite defenseman in this draft, Axel Sandin Pelika. He's putting up historic numbers in the J20. He's now playing in the SHL and playing big minutes for Shaleftia. Um, you know, last couple of games, he's right on 17, 18, 19, 20 minutes uh, per game. Really good skater. He plays a lot like um, he, it's like a kind of like a Kyle Masters type. If you want to stick to like the Minnesota Wild prospect, uh, probably a significantly higher ceiling. Definitely a power play guy and power play quarterback, the NHL level. But he's probably my favorite defenseman in the draft. So I would look for him. He's really, really fun to watch. Um, you know, and then you look at like Slovakia and Dalibor Dvorsky could go anywhere from 5 to 15. He's not exactly the most exciting high-end player to watch, although I think he's fucking incredible. He just plays such an NHL projectable game. That's why, you know, he's ranked there. But on the team there, too, I love Alex Siernik, uh draft-eligible kid. Super high-end, like, one of the better skaters in this draft. Really creative with the puck. He's a wing that loves to have the puck on his deck. He's able to make plays um you know loves going like those against the grain like a robert thomas where it's like against the grain cross ice feeds like finding these lanes that you don't even see but he does he's a really fun player to watch i'll be see what kind of role they give him um but he's another guy that i'll be uh watching closely um and then you gotta go to the checks like uh, edward shala like he lit up the fucking Holenka. He was unbelievable there this summer. And, um, you know, he's looking to be a top 10 pick this year. He, playing in the first pro league in Czechia has kind of been up and down for him. Um, but he's a really fun player to watch. He's got some high-end skills. So that's another guy that I'd keep an eye on for sure. Um, but, yeah, those are probably some of my guys to look for. I don't really know if any of those are fucking, uh, like, under-the-radar guys, but um, those are my answers. And last question. Where'd it go? 
What the hell? Oh, Pavlov's dog again. LFG World Juniors. Early medal predictions and who's the underdog squad capable of upsetting someone? Oh, God. I mean, how do you not just pick USA just because? Um, there's obviously like USA. I, I'm just going to pick them to go gold uh, just because I want to. Um, it's going to be for me, it's either them or Canada. Um, but, you know, they line up pretty similarly just in terms of talent level. But, you know, the high end guys on Canada, I think, are probably better. But the, it's a problem. Both teams have issues like big, significant issues in that that could cost them a medal. So that'll be really interesting to see. Um, so I'll go USA gold, Canada silver. And the second part of that question was the underdogs that could make, you know, some upsets. I'll pick Czechia to go third. They got a bunch of guys I really like. Um, sneaky good roster. Specifically, let me pull there. Let me pull the guys they brought up again. Um, God damn, I just had it up. Son of a beast thing. Uh, I'm a fucking idiot. Um, you know, obviously David Spotcheck, we'd love to see that. I love Sposal. He's a really fun player to watch on that back end there. Um, you know, Tomas Hamara is playing really well in the OHL. He's a Senators draft pick. But up front, they got guys like Peter Hauser of the Devils draft pick. Yuri Coolidge has been unbelievable in the AHL, like unexpectedly. Been playing really well. Undrafted. Martin, Martin Nice-Avi. Edward Shala is really good draft eligible like so they've got a lot of guys that play super hard by the way they're gonna be fucking like hitting everything that moves um but there's a lot of skill there they've got a lot of guys that skate their back end's pretty big and physical and mean um so i like czechia to uh be the team that that makes some noise that you know we're not really expecting so that'll be my pick there and that's gonna do it i feel like that's like probably the ideal um, you know, I'm out of time. You know, that felt good. I felt like I was high energy, high pace, you know, good transition offense, uh, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Either way, that's going to do it for me this week. Thank you as always for tuning in. Sorry as always for being an idiot and not being capable of just doing this every week because I'm tired and like basically dead. Um, let's get excited for World Juniors. Really, really pumped up. December 26th is getting underway. A lot of tournaments coming up. And um, hockey's cool as hell. Thank you. We'll see you. I'm not even going to promise next week. Although I should. I'm not going to promise it. We'll see what happens. Peace. Peace.